What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Dress, the history of fashion, is a production of Dress Media. people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the history of fashion, a podcast where we explore the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, Cassidy Zachary and April Callahan. Dress listeners, I know that some of you are waiting very patiently for part two of our Adrian episode, which will be out next Tuesday. But uh, today we're going to take you through a little fashion history now. And Cass, if if we can, I would love to start off on one of your favorite topics. Yes, please. I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> okay, so dress listeners, if you haven't heard them already, the longest dressed episode that we've ever done is a four-parter because Cass loves the Olympics. Oh, yes. And (laughs) she did this amazing four-part episode examining the history of Olympic uniforms and also their intersection with fashion um, several years ago for the last Summer Olympics, right? Cass, that would have been 2021? 2020? I think it was 2021 because I'm it's the pandemic years now, but I'm pretty sure 2020 Olympics got pushed to 2021 if I'm not mistaken. But yes, I had so much fun. I could not stop. I'm a huge fan of the Olympics. I'm so excited for next year's Summer Olympics. But yeah, if you want to know about the history of the Olympics and like the history, if I even went into the history of like the flame and the torch carrying, it was just a lot of fun. So check those out. What do you have to tell us today? Okay. Well, I got very excited when I read this news that LVMH, uh, Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy, which is, of course, one of the world's 
top like fashion conglomerates, they are the biggest sponsor of the 2024 Olympics. So how much more explicit of a connection between fashion and the Olympics can we get? <laughs> um, they are going to be in Paris this coming summer in 2024. But LVMH has pledged 150 million euros to the not only the Olympic Games, but also the Paralympic Games. This is the biggest sponsorship of any corporation. And apparently Moe Hennessy, which is, of course, wine, champagne, champagne. liquor, like conglomerate, is going to provide all the liquor and all the wine for the Olympics. And also Chomet which is part of this bigger conglomerate of LVMH, they are a, a Parisian jeweler, is going to design the medals for the games. And when I read this article, I realized I knew pretty much exactly nothing about Chomet. So I decided to do a little research, and I'm going to share with you all today. Fine. So Chomet was founded in 1780. Wow. You heard me right, friends. 1780, the business is still in existence. It was founded by Marie-Étienne Nitot. And Nitot was actually an apprentice and later an employee of Ange-Joseph Aubert, who was the jeweler to Marie Antoinette. <laughs> so to say that this company has a very storied history is an understatement. Marie Antoinette was just the first of many royal patrons that the company ended up having. The company made, Chomet made uh, Napoleon's coronation sword. They were the official jeweler to the imperial court and also the private jeweler to Eugenie. So they were working on both the professional and the uh, personal side for her. They have designed jewels for popes. And basically in 1812, uh, the son of the founder, Francois Renault, takes over. And that is the point where the business moves to Place Vendôme at number 15 Place Vendôme, where, is, where the Ritz is today. And Cass, I want to make a correction here because in an episode a couple of weeks ago, I said that the Ritz in the Place Vendôme was the George Sank, and a listener corrected me, and they are correct. <laughs> I don't know how I got them conflated in my mind, but mea culpa. So I acknowledge my mistake. But I don't know. I just think this is a really, really fascinating, fascinating story behind this company. Yeah? Yeah. And a continuation of the Olympic fashion history. And of course, it's going to be a lot of intersections between fashion and the Olympics because they are in the world capital of fashion or one of the world capitals of fashion. I, for one, am already revving up. I saw Simone Biles win her eighth <laughs> record eighth U.S. gymnastics title uh, a couple days ago. I'm ready. And yes, yes. And that is uh, we should mention, too, why we are why we are pushing our Paris Fashion History Tour next summer into the fall is because of the Olympics. Although I would love to be there, let's be honest. Yeah, so we do a Rue de la Paix tour on that Paris tour, walking tour, um, which ends in the Place Vendôme. So now that I have done a tidbit of research on Chomet, um, perhaps we will add that in. For sure. Um, one other little tidbit that I just want to throw out there, and this should be an episode, we've promised it so many times, um, Chomet actually designed jewelry in 1946 for the Théâtre de la Mode, the little dolls that traveled all around the world. They made these teeny tiny little examples of jewelry that the dolls wore. Um, oh, how you cool. Know, Cartier, Van Cleef, and Arpels also made jewelry. So 
there's there's a lot here to unpack, basically. Yes, so. for sure. Promised episode, here we come. Well, I have something that is a complete pivot from what you just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> I like pivots. And I want to tell our listeners and you, because I don't know if you've heard of the Loose Ends Project. Have you come across them on Instagram? I do not know this. So this is an incredibly heartwarming project, and I've cried many times researching oh, it. <laughs> So I am wildly unprepared <laughs> and completely prepared to cry right now. <laughs> so from their website, I'll just quote them. Loose, in proje- Loose Ends Projects aims to ease grief, create community, and inspire generosity by matching, it's going to make me cry, volunteer handwork finishers with projects people have left unfinished due to death or disability. So if your loved one was working on a knitted sweater and they never finished it or any sort of like handcrafted needlework project, they will match you with someone in your city or your town and they will finish that project for you. Wow. So they welcome knitters, crocheters, handwork crafters of all sorts. They have a whole list like rug making, embroidery, basketry, punch needling, yeah, quilting, belting, anywhere in the world. And it's a volunteer project, 11,000 volunteers and counting. So what a special project. And it's headquartered in Portland, Maine and Seattle, Washington, but the finishers and projects are worldwide. And just a little something from their website, the idea for Loose Ends came about when the founders, Jennifer Simonick and Macy Kaplan, both avid knitters, realized they had a shared shared experience. Friends would often ask them to finish blankets, sweaters, or other projects left undone by deceased loved ones. And they always do so enthusiastically, understanding what it feels like to wear something a loved one has made. And so they have these Instagram stories and posts that just have you bawling your eyes out. Their Instagram is at the Loose Ends Project. And just one I wanted to share briefly was um, this man's clutching a sweater uh, in this photograph. And it says, I've had a partially finished sweater that my mom started knitting in 2011 for my dad. She died in 2013 and was never able to complete the sweater. I brought it home with me thinking that I might learn to knit and finish it up. I never did. But the Loose Ends Project contacted me today to inform me they found a knitter in my hometown who has agreed to complete the project. (gasps) She's going to lay hands on the yarn and sweater pieces that my mom's hands held and held with so much love for her husband, my father. Won't my dad be surprised to receive such an unexpected gift on his 99th birthday? Your mission, I know your mission reinforces the fact that there are so many people doing amazing things for others, such a beautiful commentary on humanity. And I mean, yes, absolutely. And she says, I took the above picture in 2013 of my dad holding a portion of the sweater shortly after my mom died. So, I mean, yeah, we're both crying. So (laughs) you can head on over to Loose Ends Project and become a volunteer if you would like a finisher as they call them, or you can sign up to have one of your projects finished by a finisher, but yeah. And I'll put a link in our show notes. So, okay. It's too early to wreck me like this in the episode. Cass. <laughs> it's just such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful project that these women have started. And it just comes from, again, something we talk about all the time on the show, right? April. It's like using your hands to create clothing and textiles. It's just like this part part of like the core of our shared humanity that connects us with people around the world and in and this generation yeah obviously cross generations and in this case like complete strangers who are finishing your project out of this like shared love so 
it's just such a beautiful project. So thank you, Jennifer and Macy. And I hope our listeners will check it out. Yeah. And maybe we should do an episode with them. Maybe they would come on and, and wreck us a little bit more. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a really hard episode to keep it together, but I think it would be fascinating. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, maybe I should have ended okay. with this one, but. <laughs> it's okay. A good because cry. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm very excited about the next thing I have to talk okay. about. And um. You want to talk about a pivot. It's exactly that. <laughs> Friends, address listeners, get excited. If you haven't already heard, there is a spectacular fashion history-based television show coming your way on Apple Plus coming this spring. Um, originally, it was supposed to be released this fall, but it's been pushed back a few months. But it is entitled The New Look. Oh, so, Right? Get excited. Um, Basically, the New Look series explores the rise of fashion designer Christian Dior as he dethrones in the series, this is the premise of it, that he dethrones Coco Chanel as the reigning like leader of fashion. And basically they say that he helps return the spirit and life to the world with his iconic imprint of beauty and influence, end quote. So this series has been conceived as a thriller cast. Wow. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So I had kind of like heard a little bit about it. And sometimes there's been these shows that pop up here or there. And, and they're, they're, they're usually not great. Um, but I have insider information. A very good friend of mine who is a big producer um, has already seen some of the episodes and says it's amazing that he is very impressed, um, and he categorized it for me as surprisingly dark. So now I have high hopes for this coming to television. Um, and when he was telling me all about it, I was like, "Oh, who's doing what?" And you know, et cetera, et cetera. This cast is epic. So Ben Mendelsohn is playing Dior, Juliette Binoche is playing Coco Chanel, John Malkovich is playing Lucien Lalong, who was Dior's boss before he launched his own house. And also, Cass, get this. Are you ready? Because I know you are a Game of Thrones fan. Maisie Williams is playing Catherine Dior. Oh, wow. <laughs> Arya is playing Catherine Dior. It is set during <laughs> World War II. They wow. go through the whole bits about her being in the Nazi concentration camp at Ravensbrook um, oh my god yeah, it's a whole which thing which means they I wonder if they're also going to be addressing Chanel's Nazi Th- they do and apparently Chanel's no. already tried to get the production shut down oh. so good so for this them is just not Chanel good for the producers for t- tackling a topic so many people gloss over <laughs> well and and the, and the um writer and co-director is Todd A. Kessler. He has been nominated for several Emmys in the past for his work on Damages and also on The Sopranos. So this is what we're dealing with, friends, and I'm super excited. Any word on who the costume designer is? There is an IMDb. I'm going to look it up. Okay, let's see. The New Look TV series. Dun, 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 dun. Also, apparently has been renewed for a second season already, despite the fact that it has not yet aired. Karen Muller Soro. I have not heard from her or of her, but that does not mean she does not. It looks like she's a French costume designer. So 
And I also asked some of our fashion historian friends in Paris if they knew if any fashion historians worked on the production. And the response I get, I got back was that they were not aware of anyone. So I don't know. Well, it's maybe we'll maybe maybe if somebody did work on it, reach out to us. Let us know. Yeah, I mean, we will obviously be keeping our eyes out for this, and our listeners probably know because we've talked about it on the show. But usually with period films, usually. It doesn't always happen, um, but I've certainly been hired, and I know Raisa Britannia, past dress guest, also has done this sort of work, but they hire consultants who can do that kind of fashion history sleuthing, so they hire the professionals to kind of look and, and make sure it's accurate, but that also is budget dependent. There's a lot of factors that go into that, but I would imagine if you're going to try to create the new look, although it's World War II, mm-hmm. so the new look has not yet happened. Uh but that sort of dedication would require a lot of fashion history research. So we will be keeping our eyes and ears open for this exciting project. Cass, as you know, we are going to be expanding our fashion history travel offerings this year. Mm -hmm. So you better bet that I'm going to be brushing up on my language skills with Rosetta Stone. With more than 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and so many more, that world out there is practically at the tip of your tongue. And that's right, dress listeners. For more than 30 years, Rosetta Stone has been the expert in language learning. There are no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which is incredible. You learn by immersion, and their programs are available to use on your desktop or as an app. And let's not forget that there is an amazing built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation so you learn the proper accent from the very start. For a limited time, dress listeners, you can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off by visiting rosettastone.com forward slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Dress listeners, we often refer to ourselves on the show as dress detectives, but what if we told you that you could travel back in time and solve your own fashionable mysteries? Because you can, by joining us in playing June's Journey. And April, I can't tell you how much fun I've had playing June's Journey. It's this <laughs> hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour and intrigue of the 1920s with this diverse cast of characters. And basically, each new scene takes you further into the story of a thrilling murder mystery that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. You will sleuth with June in the antique parlors of New York, the chic sidewalks of Paris, and you can even build your own luxury island estate where you get to decorate and plant decadent gardens. And there's also a chat and challenge feature where you can play alongside friends. So join us, dress listeners, in putting on your detective hats and escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Cass, have you happened to have seen 
the haptic and hue podcast posts about the foundling hospital archives that they've been putting up like the last week or so i haven't Okay, so uh, Haptic and Hue is a podcast. Um, it's all about textiles and fabrics. Um, they also have a newsletter that you can subscribe to, um, and it is run by Weaver Joe Andrews. The post I want to talk about specifically is about textiles that are found in the archives of the Foundling Hospital in London. So Foundling obviously being another term for orphans or orphanages so oh my god I'm getting I'm getting emotional just like thinking about this so long story short the museum has an exhibition up right now that details all of these tokens that were left with infants that were surrendered to the care of the hospital and some of them are textiles some of them are amulets some of them are jewelry but the museum has actually done an entire podcast series around these emblems that were left with wow. the infants. And the reason they were left is to identify them at a later date if the parents were going to come back and reclaim their child. A lot of times they were surrendered because the parents were in super difficult circumstances and that they knew that surrendering their infant to the care of the foundling hospital, they were going to be better taken care of than they could do so themselves in the circumstances that they were in. So a lot of times, well, maybe not a lot, but sometimes um, the parents did come back and this is what was used to identify the child to the parent because once they entered the foundling hospital, their names were changed. So, I mean, talk about tugging on your heart. I know. (laughs) And the podcast is called take this token it's an eight series episode podcast and in each episode explores a certain theme surrounding the tokens that were left to identify the child so one of them is tokens of love one of them is tokens of protection one of them is tokens of travel but there's also one on tokens of style which features past dressed guest Ariane Fenito, who joined us for our pockets episode um, which we have done in the past so Check it out. Be emotionally prepared a little bit to listen to this podcast, but it's very charming and very sweet and very heartwarming. I mean, that's just the headspace we're in this week. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I love heart. I love it though. I love it. It's just, like I said, such a constant reminder of why we do what we do. And that's why I, you know, why I, how I came to fashion history, why I've stayed studying fashion history is just the stories that are embedded in the clothing that we wear or the fragments of clothing that are connected to us that hopefully will connect us with our families again one day. I mean, what a beautiful and heartbreaking story, but thank you for sharing. So the last little tidbit, well, first I want to just say French listeners, listen up because the French government is going to pay you to repair your clothes you do not already know this have you what? heard of this april yes Shadow. <laughs> so, yeah so i read about this in a recent guardian article by kim wilshire france is going to help pay for people to mend their clothing to cut waste that's amazing yeah Dis-moi. isn't that cool yeah so you get paid a repair bonus to keep your clothing in circulation longer claiming back but anywhere between six and 25 euros a piece which Whoa. is amazing oh that's 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 nothing to shake a stick at. No, 
And it's, you know, also you'll take your clothing to be repaired and you have to take it to a participating vendor. So a seamstress or a cobbler. And I talk about this all the time. We both do on the show. It's like, you know, take your clothing to be repaired. A lot of people don't realize that in your community, there is going to be someone who will do this service for you. Or do or learn to do it yourself too. Or learn to do it yourself. That. But, you know, a lot of people don't want to do that. But you can take it to like your local dry cleaner, for instance. There's often always a tailor and a seamstress there. My sister, I just told her to do that. She just took her shirt in and got it shortened, uh, a shirt that was too long at her local dry cleaner. And then also like your neighborhoods are always going to have a cobbler, shoe and boot repair right? Just look up shoe and boot repair and you'd be surprised. People will fix your shoes too. So it's just something we've moved so far away from in our fast fashion era, the fact that we can throw it away and get something new, but keeping things in circulation, especially if you're spending more money on clothing, you know, mend that clothing, right? It, and it also just kind of gives it an, a new life, but also just maintains its value in your life. So I just thought this was so cool. It's part of the French government's commitment to reform the textile and fashion industry and combat fast fashion and its repercussions. And it's run by an eco organization called Refashion. Refashion Eco TLC is a textile, household linen, and footwear industries eco organization that manages the prevention of waste and management of the end of service life of products on behalf of the 5,000 companies placing goods onto the market. So, so, so cool if you're in France. If you're not in France, I still encourage you to <laughs> mend your clothing or save the money and learn to do it yourself. America, get it together. <laughs> We, could you imagine we would never have that in America? Can we have this, please? This would be amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm already doing this. How much money can I? <laughs> How much money would I be making? Well, it's you just never think of it, too. I think someone and I think people could make a killing, too. Like seamstresses can make a killing. Just even repairing like the inside of your jeans that rub together. Women have this oh problem. God. I have this problem. Every pair of I blow out your jeans right between yeah. my thighs has patches in it after a while yeah and people can repair it and they repair it surprisingly fast and surprisingly like it's you know you can't see it so consider make do and mend people make do and mend mm -hmm. okay also for consideration do we want to talk about our new york trip Cass? yes we do okay we've been mentioning it we've been mentioning it on the show that you can sign up for more information or register your interest but it is live it is up. It is available for you all now as of today to register. So um, the trip is going to be from December 6th through the 10th. So it's kind of like a, a an extended weekend trip. And we are so excited, guys. I mean, everything that we're doing is ultra exclusive. This is not stuff that is open to the public, the general public to do on a regular basis. We have like called in favors. We have pulled strings. We have pleaded and pled for our friends to open up the back rooms of their museum archives and you can join us if you want to come yeah and we've made some new friends along the way too i mean this is so exciting for instance our first day is jam-packed starting with a tour of the new york city's historic garment district and we'll be welcomed into the ateliers of specialist makers who are fourth and fifth generation right and family owned and operated for decades and decades, well over a century for one of them. And we're going to go behind the scenes into their factories. And let's just say that one of these ateliers might just be in charge of the silk flowers that have been worn throughout the various seasons of And Just Like That by one Miss Carrie Bradshaw. 
that afternoon, we're actually going to spend the whole rest of the afternoon at FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology, which is, of course, my stomping grounds. And where Cass and I both got our master's degrees, we're going to get a curator-led tour of the current exhibition that is up at the museum. And then that is going to be followed by two very intimate hands-on behind the seams visits. So I'm going to guide a session in special collections where we're going to look at all kinds of insane paper-based objects. We're going to look at original fashion sketches by the likes of Lucille, Lady Duff Gordon, uh, Karl Lagerfeld, Stephen Burroughs. We're going to look at ultra-rare fashion books and actually fashion magazines that date all the way back to the 18th century, all the way back to Court of Marie Antoinette when apparently Chaumet, who we talked about at the top of this episode, was making jewelry for her. So, <laughs> <laughs> And of course, Special Collections is where April and I first met. So this is where the podcast originated. So that's an ultra, ultra special visit. Hopefully April will pull out some pochoir for you as well. The hand stenciling plates that are featured in our book. I mean, I cannot say enough wonderful things about the special collections department and all of the treasures it holds. And then I'm going to be guiding a session in, this is really, really cool. We're going to be going into the museum study collection where we will look at and inside historic garments up close and personal. And, and this is, you cannot just roll into the study collection. You cannot just like ask to see the study collection. <laughs> so this is supremely special. Just sorry to interrupt. Please. No, no, on. it's so, so cool. And we're going to be looking at a lot of pieces by designers that we've covered on the podcast, right? So it's just mm -hmm. going to be a really, really cool visit. And then Friday is spent at one of the most important collections of art and fashion in the world. Of course, we're talking about the Metropolitan Museum of Art. At this Costume Institute, we are going to see the brand new exhibition, Women Dressing Women. And I say brand new because I think it opens like the day before we get there or something like that. It's like super, super new when we're there. Yeah, yeah for sure. So that's going to be exciting. And perhaps the Costume Institute is working on a little extra special treat for us. Not little, definitely extra special. I don't want to say it just yet. I want to keep that under wraps until it's certain, but let's just say that's in the works and is your chance to go behind the scenes of one of the greatest fashion collections in the world. Yes, yes. And it, it might have something to do with the care, preservation, and conservation of fashion and textile objects, just throwing that out there. Um, and then also we'll be having a visit to the Antonio Rotti textile collection at the Met. And the Rotti Center is... Wow, uh, like a wildly underestimated yeah. or unknown treasure of the Met. They basically hold almost, almost all the textiles from all of the other curatorial departments of the museum. They are kept there because they are textile specialists. Not each and every textile object lives at the Roddy Center, but most of them that belong to the Met do. So we are going to have an extra, extra, extra special private session there with past dressed guest and lace maker Elena Kanagi Lu. She is going to do a session with us and pull a selection of objects for us to talk about specifically from their 36,000 piece collection. And last time I was there, I have to say, Elena pulled out a piece of lace um, that she wanted to show me that was made from human hair. So wow. 
this is what we're this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about and they also i think she didn't she also show you one of the dress diaries they have one of the very few like dress diaries that are known to exist Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had an episode with Kate Strasden about her dress diary, and they have another version of those dress diary of a, of a woman's dress diary there. So, I mean, they just have so many treasures and it's not just your American treasures. It's from around the world. So I'm really excited to work with her to see what kind of object selection we come up with. So, so exciting. Um, So we spend the whole day at the Met and then the next day begins at the Smithsonian Design Museum at the Cooper Hewitt for special viewing of a dark, a light, a bright, the work of Dorothy Liebes, the innovative and pioneering mid-century textile designer who was a subject of a recent episode. Mm-hmm. We That's really cool. We get to go and see that exhibition with a curator-led tour. Yes. And, and in the afternoon, we're going to have a, a wee tea party. Or maybe it's not wee because it's very, very fancy. Um, so we're going to have a little tea party, a little relaxation in the afternoon. Following our tea party, um, when it becomes evening time, we're going to do an after dark walking tour of the 2023 holiday windows. We're going to go all around the New York department stores, um, check out what they have happening in their window displays. We're going to learn about the history of shopping and retail in the Big Apple. And this is a tour that Cass and I are developing exclusively for you guys. So um, we will be just as surprised as you all will when we do this, right? We're going to learn right alongside you because we haven't written it yeah, yet. We're learning as we, yeah, we're learning as we prepare this tour. And let me just tell you, this is why you come to New York City during the holidays, right? It is magical. And like Saks Fifth Avenue, Avenue does this huge like light show. It's right next to like the Rockefeller Center. So we're going to be right there to go see the Christmas tree. You can go ice skating if you want. I mean, it's so magical. And this is really a, such a wonderful way to cap off our our you know extended weekend fashion history tour of New York City, after which we will conclude our fashion history tour with a very special dinner. Sunday is departure. Um, you all can decide to stay in New York City to complete your holiday shopping. You can catch a show or two. It, this is a shorter trip um, compared to some of them that we have done, but it is jam-packed with basically super private exclusive events just designed for us. Yeah. Everything we're doing is like special, right? Everything we're doing is just, it's like curator led or behind the scenes. So we worked really hard to bring this to you all. And we're so excited to see you in New York city in December. If you want to learn more, if you want to sign up, head on over to likemindstravel.com for more details and registration. We hope to see you in New York city dress listeners. Dress listeners. I think that does it for us today. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday obviously, with part two of our Adrian episode, um, where we're going to detail his work in high fashion. So stay tuned for that. But until then, may you consider where fashion history lives now in your wardrobe next time you get dressed. If you want to reach out to us and say hello, we'd love hearing from you. So write to us at hello at dressedhistory.com. That is, of course, our new website, www.dressedhistory.com, where you can find more about the podcast and things we have up our sleeves in the future. We are hopefully going to have a newsletter coming your way, classes coming your way, more fashion history tours coming your way. And you'll watch that space as well as our Instagram at dressed underscore podcast, where of course we post images and reels to accompany each week's episodes. 
Dress listeners, did you know that you can listen to Dress Now ad-free? For just $3 a month, you can subscribe to our exclusive content and get episodes that do not have ads delivered directly to your feed. So there is a link for this in our show notes in your podcast platform. And there's also a link to this in our Instagram link tree. So uh, sign up for that if you want to listen to us ad-free. Until then, thank you very much, and we will see you on Tuesday. Dress, the History of Fashion is a production of Dress Media. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.